welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. I'm Dr. Becky Bailey, the creator of Conscious Discipline, an expert in child development and education, and a lifelong teacher and learner. For those listening who are not aware of Conscious Discipline, it is a comprehensive self-regulation program that integrates social-emotional learning, agency, school, class, climate, and discipline. In general, it provides adults and children with the skills to be disciplined enough to set and achieve goals, conscious enough to know you're off track, and connected enough to others so you're willing to persevere. So what are real teachers? Real teachers are real people who have a life both inside and outside the classroom. Real teachers work in all kinds of settings, from Head Start to homeschooling, from public schools to private schools, from childcare to high school. Real teachers work long hours with short pay. Real teachers often feel the sting of a culture that undervalues their services and blames them for things out of their control. And furthermore, real teachers often feel that paperwork or initiatives or other outside demands pull them away from their real work, which is with children and families. Yet, they show up day after day and give their heart and soul to others. Real Talk for Real Teachers is a growing community of loving professionals who seek to love themselves as much as they love others. Today, we're going to be talking about Head Start. I've invited Peg Taswell. She is the Executive Director of Knox County Head Start, which is a small, single-purpose nonprofit in Central Ohio, providing Head Start, Early Head Start, and Child Care Services, along with parenting training in the Knox County community. Peg is president of the Ohio Head Start Association, comes to us with 18 years of experience in Head Start, and she has been practicing conscious discipline for 12 years. And she is a dear, dear resource for me and a person I admire beyond words. So welcome, Peg, to Real Talk for Real Teachers. Thank you for that very kind introduction, Becky. I'm really happy to be here speaking with you today. Well, here's what we're going to do first, because what I have found out through all my years in education, unless you work with Head Start or Early Head Start, you really don't understand all the policies and the regulations. So can you give us a a little bit of a quick education for our listeners, a cliff note version of how Head Start and Early Head Start is governed, who it serves, and the services provided? Sure. So Head Start has been around since 1965, um, and it is a program that provides services to children from birth to five, but also to their families. Uh, We provide comprehensive services, and by comprehensive services, we mean that we address children's educational and cognitive developmental needs, but we also address their health needs, their mental health needs, their nutritional needs. Um, And then in partnership with their families, we're working with parents to identify and set goals for their children's learning and school readiness, but then also to identify and set goals for themselves and their families so that uh, they can move towards greater sufficiency within their own lives and make uh, whatever progress uh, that they're willing to make within partnership with us, whether it be accessing services gaining greater parenting skills to as significant as saving the money needed to purchase a home. So it's a comprehensive empowerment program for 
a whole group of families. It is. And what's unique about Head Start, we very much believe that parents are the first and most important teachers of their children. And we live that every day. Um, You mentioned governance and Head Start programs are governed by a board of directors, but there's also a policy council that's made up primarily of parents. So you might think of it as a PTA, but one with real power and authority. Um, (laughs) They help to set our direction. They help to uh, guide our grant process. They have approval over budget, and they even have some authority over hirings and terminations. For instance, we have a parent in almost every one of our interviews that we conduct with potential staff. Wow. Wow. So now, you've been practicing consciousness for 12 years. So what results have you seen at Knox County that inspire you to continue with your staff or with your teachers and with yourself? I mean, that's a long time not to kind of jump ship and go another direction. So you must have seen some success to stay with this. You know, so I think that you, um, in your description of conscious discipline, you hit on the key points uh, that make this critically important to our organization and our ability to continue to do this very hard and challenging work um, for teachers. It's, it's hard to be a teacher today. And, and, and the two important things that you said were um, for us to be conscious to, enough to know when we're off track and connected enough to be persistent. And I seriously believe in Head Start that uh, those two uh, uh, characteristics are key to our capacity to succeed with children and families. We have to be able to see when uh, we've lost our way a little bit. You get stuck in the mud of regulations and paperwork Mm -hmm. and answering to multiple masters. And then you have to be connected enough to look around you and to recognize the important work that you do and to shift and come back to uh, what is most important. And what is most important is quality services that are delivered to children and families in a connected environment with connected staff that care about each other and care about the children they serve. When you first started, you came in. I think you arrived up there in 2002 or something. Have you seen a shift by embedding some of the resiliency offered by conscious discipline? Have you seen a shift in the culture in which the the organization's operating, as well as with the children and the teachers? So so definitely I have. So in in the early years in particular, uh, my organization had had multiple directors and um, had really struggled. We were living in a climate of fear. And it's easy to live in a climate of fear and head start because we have so many regulations and some Mm -hmm. high stakes testing um, and observation that happens. And what I love about conscious discipline is it enabled us to uh, change that culture of fear and to move to a culture of connection. And that spreads from staff beyond to teachers and to children, to parents. And we recently had a, a young woman who's volunteered for us a long time do a college project in her senior year, and and she described the classrooms that she'd been in as these incredibly special places where everyone is an engaged and connected and working towards supporting children in leading um, 
happy lives and working towards the goal of school readiness, which is which is one of the core goals of Head Start. And that she saw that in our classroom tells me that even though sometimes it's really hard and it feels like we're not doing what we need to do, um, that our teachers still are able to implement conscious discipline in the classrooms and to stay connected with each other and to recognize what's most important in their work. Man, that's got to feel good. That has got to feel good. Now, we're touching, we just figured this out, you know, conscious discipline is around 20 years, and we're touching about 30% of the head starts. I had no idea, but some of them, you know, it's just as, uh, I guess what we're doing is they're doing greetings and a wish well pan, and they might be calling it conscious discipline. So how did you go about embedding this in conscious discipline into your into your culture, into your class? What were the steps that you took that you found helpful in the early years? You know, so we started out with a training, and when we did the training, we chose to include all staff. And at the time, that included bus drivers and cooks and the administrative staff, the fiscal officer, uh, because we really felt like we needed, we need, we knew we needed to change the culture, and we felt like to change the culture, we needed everybody on board. And uh, I saw you speak, I think, in in maybe 2001 at a Region Five Head Start conference, and when you said adults cannot teach children skills that they themselves do not have themselves, for me, it was like everything clicked into focus, and I knew that for us to successfully implement this. Every adult in the organization had to at least buy into the fact that they were responsible for themselves and for their responses to the world uh, and that we were all in this together and to really build sort of a school family. So we looked at it from a top-down approach. We felt like as administrators, we had to do some work ourselves and to support the teachers in the work. And in the beginning, we didn't insist that everyone do every one, every segment, every part of conscious discipline, every structure. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. We let, we got some early wins. Um, there were people who immediately embraced it. This made sense to them. They loved it. And then there were people who were a little bit suspicious. They'd seen many trends come down the pike um, as teachers get very weary of that. And yes. Our big, our big success then was when those teachers saw it work and had a personal transformation of, okay, I see that this, um, that this can work for me. And, and for our staff who've been with us quite a long time, you know, this hasn't just transformed their practices in the classroom. For many, it's transformed all of their relationships in their lives. Um, mm-hmm. I have a 12-year-old and a 23-year-old. I'm I'm better connected to my 12-year-old because I was blessed enough to have conscious discipline in my life from the time she was born. And I know many sta- many of our staff feel that way, um, that it has improved and enhanced their relationships with their spouses, their children, their in-laws, and their friends. So it's not just a, a, a fad or a trend. It's something that keeps growing. Is that what I'm hearing? I think it's something that keeps growing, and I think that it's it's something that we have to practice on a regular basis, and we do have to recognize when we get off track. And even an organization like ours that has been practicing conscious discipline for many years, we get off track sometimes. We get caught up 
in our compliance issues and, and in the challenges of children's lives. And especially in early childhood, we have high levels of staff turnover. Our pay, our salaries are not sufficient uh, to support a family on. And so I love the fact that when we revisit, when we reconnect with what's important with conscious discipline, we're reminded why we do the work and we're reminded uh, that we are a school family and that we're going to be okay. And it, it really does help us uh, be persistent in our work and, um, and, and, be, and remain committed in challenging times. You know, I was uh, looking at your parenting uh, data. Actually, I got it from 2016. And wow. Uh, so what you're doing with parents is phenomenal. One of the uh, pieces that impressed me the most, it says 90% of enrolled children whose parents attended the conscious discipline parenting classes progressed in social and emotional development. That's a high number, 90%. That is a very high number. And, and also consider that we encourage parents uh, whose children are uh, in, involved in a behavior plan or an intervention plan to attend conscious discipline. Everyone doesn't do it, but we make some personal invitations uh, to those children. And whenever, uh, you know, conscious discipline really infuses our mental health practices and systems. And so whenever our mental health coordinator is in a conversation with parents, almost immediately one of the questions is going to be, have you attended conscious discipline for parents or are you willing to attend the next session and, and we can get you on our waiting list? And, and I think helping parents to understand um, that they're not the only ones who have challenging relationships <laughs> with their children yeah, um, and that... You know, and that um, it's going to be okay, and we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to do this 100% of the time, but if we can get to 70, 80% of the time, uh, we're doing great. And and I think the most meaningful thing that I see shifting the lives and transforming the lives of some of our children and parents is the practical strategies for connection. So I love I, I love your rituals, and uh, Renee Sutherland, who does our parenting training always teaches I love you rituals within the training as a way and a strategy for parents uh, to be, to improve their connections with their children and to take some mindful, intentional moments with their children. And in our busy lives, we miss those moments. That's for sure. So in 2010, you won the Head Start Center of Excellent Award, which was related to conscious discipline and innovative partnerships. So Tell us about that, because there was only 10 of those awards given in the, in the United States, and you, you grabbed one of them, so that had to have been like, yahoo. So tell us about what that meant, what that did for you, and, and how that moved you forward. So, so we were really proud of that, um, and it was, it was partially driven by our implementation of conscious discipline in the classroom, and then partially driven by the fact that we engaged parents and families in conscious discipline through classes that were taught um, and which were funded by the United Way. So it was strong community partnerships. And then our goal of the grant was to engage some of our elementary schools as well in learning about conscious discipline. And what it meant to us is it did give us the funds to, we sent every one of our preschool teachers at the time 
through the week-long CD1 seminar in, oh, in wow. Orlando. And, uh, and we continue to make that a priority. So Head Start is, is really blessed as an early childhood education program in that we have good training and technical assistance funds. So we make it a priority to send when we have teacher turnover to get teachers into CD1. So I have three teachers attending the Columbus satellite this summer. Um, because we, we do feel like it's a priority. I want people to be able to spend time with you and your conscious discipline associates and to hear different perspectives. Uh, so that funding enabled us to do that. And we also sent three elementary school teachers through the program. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. And, and for our parents, they are especially gratified when a child, when a kindergartner transitions into, or, or when a preschooler transitions into a kindergarten classroom, with a teacher who's been trained in conscious discipline practices. Uh, it makes a difference for the child in that transition. And, it, and you know it, what? it causes the parents to feel good. Right. And you know what we've seen, and this is amazing to me, is that uh, as the children from Head Start go to their feeder schools, and we've had schools that are, are looking, you know, they've been receiving these kids for, you know, a number of years, and uh, we get feedback that the ones who come from uh, a conscious discipline approach in Head Start, the kids are coming a little bit more organized than they had seen in the past and has sparked actually elementary schools to jump on board because they're like, oh, my gosh, what are y'all doing? And it's been Head Start that has led this kind of movement through this country. And I think uh, uh, that speaks a lot to the dedication and the passion of all the teachers and people who are trying to truly serve these children. I, I do, in Ohio, we see a lot of implementation of, of conscious discipline, especially. And and we hope that it's spreading, you know, in, in our opinion, it should spread like wildfire to elementary schools. <laughs> so what would you say uh, is your greatest success story? Tell us a couple of success stories that just make a smile on your face every day when you think about it, whether it's with a staff or a family or children or your own kids. What kind of brings joy when you think about it and you say, wow, look what just happened? So so actually um, a board member uh, who is a former Head Start parent spoke to me just last night in a meeting, and she has a daughter who is either in first or second grade now. And uh, the daughter told her a story of uh, and she had been through Head Start, and the daughter told her mom a story that had happened at school where a child who is autistic was on the playground and having a really hard time and was underneath the slide and just screaming. And so the little girl said she got under the slide with him, and she tried to do uh, bunny breathing, and she tried to do the star breathing, and she did a drain, and she said, Mom, nothing was working. He just wouldn't calm down. And her mom said, so what did you do next? And she said, I just sat with him and I breathed and then he calmed down eventually. And, and the mom, uh, you know, just wanted to let me know that, you know, her daughter who's been gone from Head Start for a number of years retained those skills and, and, and also has a sense of empathy for a child who's having a hard time and knew enough to try some strategies. And when strategies didn't work, she just sat with him until he calmed. Um, she was there for him. She was connected for him. And, and I hear those kinds of, of stories uh, over and over again. Uh, we have a dad who 
has been through conscious parenting. And when he joined us, he was out of work, he was depressed, and he was really struggling to be a parent. And uh, he uh, now his his uh, oldest child is in kindergarten, and he's got an infant uh, who's in our home base program. And and I see him very often uh, in joyful interactions with his children. And he would tell you that he didn't have the capacity to do that in the beginning. Uh, he really, really struggled um, because of not feeling that he could care for his children. So conscious discipline uh, helped him to grow first, helped him to become self-regulated. Uh, and that transformed his family's life. And I don't know if they would have had their second child if they hadn't gotten over right. that hump. You know, you said something, Peg, uh, that really spoke to me. Uh, I often have trouble saying, you know, people ask me, I mean, I, I, I'm the creator of this, and they kind of ask, well, what is it? And I'm like, uh, you know, is it a program? Is it a philosophy? Because it's really not a program. I mean, you know, I struggle with what to call it. And I loved when you said, I've been practicing. It's a practice. Now, how did that come about for you, that you came up with this notion that conscious discipline is a practice? I stole that from a yoga teacher who <laughs> was talking about yoga as a practice. It was actually at a at a uh, an employee event that we were having. And it just immediately clicked. That's what conscious discipline is. It's a practice. Um, there are years when... Uh, our implementation is going like gangbusters, and there are years when there are other challenges getting in our way, and we don't feel good always about our work. But again, we are strong enough to, and resilient enough as a program and as individuals within our agency uh, to make the shift back to, um, okay, this is important. We have to reset. We have to go back to the basics. Um, for instance, our administrative team meetings, they're always better if I do a brain smart start, but sometimes I walk in in a rush and get right to business and, and the energy in the room is completely different than when I take the time to, to unite and to connect, um, and to make a commitment as a team about what it is that we're going to do that day. So it's those kind of practices that you really just have to bring yourself back to when you get off track. I agree totally. It, it, for me, too, people think, you know, I should have this. No, I'm still practicing. And uh, and it does feel good when you, when you come back to the path you know that's important to you. And it, and it, it doesn't feel so good when you're off track. And um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm just like everybody else, just practicing along with the rest of you. But I loved how you did that and how you said that. So let's end up here. Now, if you're talking to, and I hopefully there's a, a lot of people listening to this. And so if you're talking to a Head Start director or anybody, it doesn't matter because, I mean, you, your, your leadership skills are off the chart, Peg. So if you had like three things, three steps someone could do tomorrow, whether they know about conscious discipline or they've kind of in a lull with it, what can reset you? What can recharge you? What three things would you suggest to leave people with, say, you can do this tomorrow? So I think the first thing is to make a commitment to training and conscious discipline and recognize that it's not a one-time thing, that we're going we're gonna to commit a part of our training and technical, technical assistance plan every year to conscious discipline. 
And when we do it, administrators are going to participate as well. Because one of the things I found is if we're not treating each other as members of the school family, and but asking teachers to to do it, we have a disconnect, mm-hmm. and um, and we can't have that. We can't be incongruent. We have to we have to be congruent with ourselves and with our with our staff and with our teachers. Um, and I would suggest that you find a champion and you develop those champions, uh, those people who really do get it. And you give them some authority, some uh, capacity, both through training and through mentoring to commit to conscious discipline. And then, and I'd also use the word practice and say as individuals, we do have to see this as a practice and, uh, and to embrace it individually for yourself as a director because it brings into your human resources practices all of the best things that we know about leading healthy organizations. Um, the importance of environment is not just in a classroom. It's in a center, and it's in an organization. It's in how you treat each other every day. And so I do think that directors especially, because we can get stuck in the mud of our work, um, yes. have to spend a little time on ourselves. And to really um, open our hearts to the need to be connected in a um, very real way with our our staff and the parents that we serve. And one last question. One last question, because people keep asking us and we try to help. Do you believe that conscious discipline contributes to the achievement of of some of the new performance standards that have been put out? I absolutely do. Um, I, I think we just had a class review and, and it came back with, with, uh, successful scores. I have no doubt that, that we will, um, not have to recompete our grant, which, which is the big scary thing about class. But in our federal review, our emotional support scores were 6.2. Um, oh and we know that's a really strong score within class. And, uh, so certainly for looking at social emotional curriculum, and uh, in working with parents in the home-based program, the strategies that you use in conscious discipline are going to be critically important. I know many Head Start programs are looking forward to the parenting curriculum. And that was modeled after what you, know, you, you have done up there at Knox County. So this data that you just came out, I hope, carries forth because we used you as, uh, and all the others that have been paving the way with how to put this together for parents and stuff. So I, once again, Peg, I want to thank you so much for your time, for all you do for children and families. You're a constant advocate for what's right and what's best and a big voice in Head Start. And we are honored that you would spend this time with us and and keep it up. We want our voice in education to be louder than any political debate and uh, just know that if ever we can do anything at Conscious Discipline for you, as you've done so much for us, we would be honored. And thank you for being with us today. Thank you. And for the, all those listening, until next time, we wish you well. For more episodes of Real Talk with Real Teachers by Dr. Becky Bailey, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.